<laughs> this coffee is amazing, but I got I got to ask you. So, if you're a G, does that mean you're like ghosted or goblin or a goon? You are. <laughs> and does GQ mean gentleman's quarterly anymore or does it just mean like goblin quarterly? Yep. But more seriously, a goblin's could be like a bad thing. Uh, you know, everything can be made cute these days. So there's, <laughs> there are some cute goblins and goblins. I don't know that they're always supposed to be hardcore or bad, like orcs are kind of hardcore or bad, but goblins can be a little more flexible. I probably shouldn't be talking about family stuff publicly, but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> so I'm talking to my sister yesterday and she's kind of explaining to me about how weird it is to be back in the office every day. Oh, what a baby. <laughs> It's amazing how, how quickly people forget how to be people. So that's exactly what she says. How to be adults. <laughs> get over it. And she's not the only one, you know. Put your big girl panties on and get back to work. So there you go. But her work is like what I used to do. She goes to a lot of trade shows. She has meetings. She has to talk to people face to face. And and she's not minding the trade shows. And she's not minding, you know, the, the meeting people. I think the thing is, it's bothering her. Like, like a lot of people, it's just you got used to like... Being at your home, going to your little local grocery store, going to the corner market. Wow, I can't, the horror, the horror. <laughs> I used to love trade shows. I never got much of an opportunity to do it, but I, you know that would not have been a bad gig for me. Well, assuming I like the thing I'm talking about, right? I don't want to sell some crap that I'm not interested in, like some kind of supplements. But yeah, you know, yeah, right, I like, right. Yeah, I furniture and bicycles. I could do all. I literally talk about that stuff all day long. Oh, believe me, I know you could. So I was thinking about schedules, like my sister's schedule, and even like my schedule is we have like Fridays. And Fridays are kind of funny because I find myself trying my very best not to do any work. I mean, I make myself available. Like if there's a phone call or somebody needs to meet me, I make myself available. But for the most part, I pretty much try not to do anything, at least most of the day. On Friday? Why not? Well, I... Do you ignore people? No, I don't ignore people. But I do kind of screen things. In other words, if I see numbers that might be a potential client or perhaps it is already a client and I understand that they might need something or I can generate more work. But yeah, for the most part, I try. Okay. Generally, I try not to work a Friday. I find that very hard yeah, to believe. You've worked a four day week. Because you you never say no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have worked four days in the past. I've actually I've twice back. In the, this is a new, this is a thing these days as we come out of the pandemic. Uh, the four day work week has become uh, re re-energized. It was originally um, kind of pushed in the 1950s. Do you know, actually, do you know, in the old days in America, we used to work six day work yeah, weeks? Yeah, I think I knew that. I six day work uh, weeks was the normal. And, and in fact, well, yeah, in I fact, mean, get Sunday off. Seven days was not uncommon either, working every day, and you would get like yeah, three days of course, off a year. And then yeah, it was six the days. About and the farmers, then, farmers got to work almost well, every no, single that day. Wasn't right? that uncommon. Like the, when the people building the, um, which dam with the big dam? Hoover Dam. Yep. The one that generates electricity and for the most part stops California and Arizona from disastrous floods. Literally, they work seven days a week. They got like three or four days a year off. Uh, but the people, you know who popularized the idea of the five day work week? I do not know that. The evil goblin or orc. Henry Ford. I mean, it makes sense. He was all about productions and getting everybody organized and getting the very most out of his employees. But you're sure about Absolutely that? Absolutely sure. This is a well-known. It was Ford. This is a well-known. His idea was that it, he would increase worker productivity. And I think he also came up with the idea, if you pay your employees better, you're actually going to sell more product. 
So by giving them more money, he actually gave them money to buy the, the cars that he was selling. Um, James, what are your thoughts about like on Europe? So for example, is a lot of these countries, they have like a four day week, full week. And then Friday's like a half day, especially in the government area. You know, they, they basically work a half day on Friday. I mean, not everybody. Well, a lot of people do that in the U.S. too, I think. Or at least, you know, they may not do it technically, but they do it in reality. Well, that's what I was just trying to say a minute ago. That's kind of my schedule now. But even back in the day when I sat at an office or in an office all day, but right around noon, I'm thinking, okay, time to make phone calls, start getting together what I'm going to be doing for the weekend. And then, I, and honestly, I mean, just I'm just going to tell it like it is. If you didn't get your work done by Friday afternoon, what what's wrong with that's, you? That's something I know. I worked my ass off the whole week just so to make sure that my Friday was completely done and hopefully by noon. That's, that still seems like a weird, and I've seen that in several places in several articles they've been talking about this, people doing that. And like when they transition to the four day work week, they suddenly have anxiety about realizing they have, they don't have one day to finish it off. Like they're on there at yeah. Thursday afternoon and they realize, yeah, oh no, right. I don't have tomorrow to finish the work off. It's like, I never really understood that because I worked every day. Like, a, like it was a normal full day. I don't know. I just never saw it Fridays as being different. I actually, it's just part of the continuum for me. And I do have, I, I did have, when I was working in the office, I did have a, probably a different working mentality than most people did. You know, I was working on one or two projects at a time. So it wasn't like I had a panoply of, it wasn't like I had a whole huge range of different projects to work on. I was working on one thing and you, I just plugged into it and, you know, plugged, plugged away at it until it was done. Regardless, it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, not Saturday, Sunday. I would work on it occasionally on the weekends, but you know, I'm sorry. I was rambling now, Um, (laughs) but I have worked four day work weeks in two, on two different occasions. Uh, So I was doing it way before it was popular. And the first one was office depot. I was a stalker stock boy between high, uh, between college and graduate school. Uh, I spent a year in North Carolina just trying to get residency so I could in-state tuition, which I did. It was awesome. Uh, and it was fantastic. We moved from a five-day normal work week during the day stocking with all the damn customers in the store. We moved to a four-day night shift. It was Each shift was 10 hours, but we got a full hour off for work. Uh, and without any customers, we banged through all the work. It was, it was phenomenal. I love that schedule. Unfortunately, um, and I thought it was working great for the store. Everyone, all the employees liked it. It seemed like we were getting the stocking done a lot faster. It seems like the manager was really happy with it, but unfortunately corporate was a bunch of dingleberries and they just, I, I really feel bad for the manager of the, of the, uh, office deep that I work for because he had all these great ideas. It, it was one of the highest performing st- stores in the state. And yet, the the corporate guys just wouldn't ever leave him alone. They kept on coming in and like screwing up, screwing with his stuff. And they he, he they came in and said, "No, nope, gotta stop this four week not stop stuff. Go back to the normal schedule." So they ruined it. Corporate. I remember years ago I was at a bookstore and I was asking the stock guy if he had any books on shelves, and he said all of them. <laughs> if I'm going to be honest with myself. I work in the evening time, so I'll come home and do the family thing, spend time with the kids, spend time with my wife, eat dinner, and then maybe she'll go to sleep or they do a little TV or there's homework time. And man, I am back to work and I make sure everything was done either for that day or that week. 
Um, and the big thing is for me is I'll even work in the evening time to plan ahead for the next week so that I am efficient in my job because I really want to make sure everything gets done, all the goals are made, um, all tasks are finished. See, the most important thing for me is, is when I roll in on Monday, there's no like settling in. I come in and I'm ready to go. I mean, stuff is happening. So Friday rolls around and somebody drops like a bunch of paperwork or a project on my desk on Friday morning. And they say, you think we can get this done by the end of this day? And I said, absolutely. If it was Monday. I guess in short, I like the four day. No, actually, I like the four and a half day. You go in for your four hour, you know, you go in for a few hours in the morning. You make sure everything's done. You give a little FaceTime to the boss. Maybe you spend that day socializing with your coworkers a little more, you know, have a little more fun and not be so serious. I mean, I think it's the best way to go. Well, I think one of the things going on here is that Americans have these long hours, longer than the Europeans do, but they don't spend it well. Uh, you know, it's such it's such a drag being there for five days for long hours that they you know take breaks in the middle of the day. They they do other things that kind of breaks up their day, and they're just wasting time at work. But it's just it's just part of the norm here. You have to be there at least from nine to five Monday through Friday. That just doesn't seem like it's an effective use of time. So they they wind up wasting a lot of that time. That's been my experience. I've read quite a few studies on the work day and the amount of week. And it bugs me when people accuse Americans of being lazy. You know, Americans? we're slow. We don't work very hard. Americans have been I just, accused I just of don't that? buy into it. Yeah. So it was about two years ago, I was reading this article in the Harvard Business Review. And it's nothing that you haven't heard before, but I mean, it just, it's repeating this theme of you have to take vacations, working 24 seven every day of your life actually is worse for your company. They've done multiple research on this. And as soon as you work extended amount of time without a break or without rest, the amount of work you get done actually takes like a massive nosedive. I mean, look at every single high performing athletic person and your brain is like a muscle. They take time off. The the resting is essential for performance. Well, (laughs) years ago, I used to work for a company and we imported And the thing was, is during the holidays around December, they would get weeks off at a time and we would not get orders in. We wouldn't get our shipments in because they weren't producing product. Therefore, that means they had nothing to ship and there was no one to ship it anyways. But here was the crazy thing. Even though they took weeks and weeks off, Christmas, other holidays, plus New Year's, when they got back, they were so refreshed, they rocked it. They would do basically three weeks worth of work and knock it out within one week. And it was amazing. I couldn't believe how fast they worked. But that's that's my point is that they got rested so they were able to accomplish more by resting. I mean, how many Americans only get two weeks of vacation? Yeah, and you say two weeks of vacation, but that's, it's really only 10 days of paid vacation. That's right. And in Europe, they literally have more than double that. I don't know what the minimum is, but I know it's more than 20 days of paid vacation. Absolutely. Plus they get sick days and they get all kinds of other stuff. I have a German friend that visits us quite often and he'll stay at our house just for two weeks. And I'll ask him, I'll say, who covers your job? And he goes, ah, they'll, they'll figure it out. You know how we say two weeks? They mm-hmm. basically say a month. At a minimum. I'm surprised. 
I'm surprised that you uh, that you're down with this. I figured you'd be much more of a authoritarian about it and expect everyone to work nine to five every week, one week off of vacation. You seem like a real slave driver. Do I? Yeah, I'm surprised. I would have expected you to be a lot more hardcore on this stuff. Okay, so here's the thing. Almost everybody in my family is some type of an entrepreneur. Granted, they're all very small businesses. There's no Bill Gates in our family. (laughs) But the thing is, is that when you are employing other people, you need to keep your employees happy. They don't have necessarily the drive that you do to keep your business afloat. And a big part of keeping your business afloat is trying to keep your salaries down as low as possible. I mean, it's basic economics. But you're going to go through this high turnover if your employees aren't happy. So by making them rested and uh, giving them their vacations, I have found, and most of the family members that I have found, that not only makes them work harder, but it makes them enjoy being at your company. Another thing, just to kind of go off on that, most people, they spend a lot of time at work. So they want to work in a pleasant environment. So just to kind of go back to the Friday thing. So for example, most of my family that have businesses, I'd say at least once a month, uh, starting at noon before most everybody got off at lunch, we do like a barbecue, you know, make the working environment fun and have people having a good time. Uh, we do volleyball once in a while. Family members sometimes come and hang out and eat barbecue and just make their lives and your lives fun, enjoyable, a place to go. Work does not have to be a miserable place to go. It can be a place where you get stuff done so that you take home a salary so that you can have a house and feed your kids, but it doesn't have to be miserable. It can be a fun, pleasant place to come to. It's possible. Another thing is birthdays. You, If it's your birthday and it's Monday through Friday, you get it all. I mean, granted, Saturday and Sunday, If uh, sorry, you'll have to wait, but if it's your birthday, you get the day off. It's okay. And another thing is, to really make sure that you keep your employees and you keep them happy is you actually show some concern when something's wrong. So like if the kids are sick, Christopher, 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 you know, you don't have to, some of us watch grandma, you know, sometimes you need to leave 10 minutes early to make sure grandma's okay. And you're gone all the time. But my point is, is that show some concern for the family. That's just, Well, no, what it is is really progressive. You sound like a a bleeding heart. Well, employees are an important part of any business. Crack the whip. Crack the damn whip. I'm sure this doesn't work for every company, but we're small businesses. But, you know, on the other hand, I think this is basically the whole part that Google's been trying to do for years. Um, Well, you know, you're a lot softer than I thought you were going to be. I mean, what you're saying is completely sensible. I, I support it completely. It, you know, I, I support it while also not actually living it because let me get back to my other example of the four day work week I had. Uh, this is in a corporate environment. I was working for a big, big plastics company as a designer and I worked it out so I could be uh, four days a week for 10 hours. And I, what I loved about that was that I could get in there an hour early and stay an hour late. And those hours, those two hours were blissful because no one else was there bothering me and I could get all the work done. And then the rest of the day was was spent with a bunch of nonsense, people running around talking, trying to do nonsensical things like meetings and whatnot. It was a big waste of time. But the, the first hour and the last hour 
more magical. Plus, it allowed me to have an earlier commute and a later commute. So I missed I missed the rush hour. So it was, it was really not taking me that much more time during my day. And I did this. I did this four week work. I did this four day work week because on Friday and Saturday, I ran a gallery. Oh, right. And then on Sunday, I would do whatever around the house my wife told me to do around the house. So it was a pretty full week. You know, I look back on this and I said, holy shit, I worked really hard back then. <laughs> Oh, here I got some. What about these people that take off a day in the middle of the week? I think that's great too. I think you know, you can break it up. It's so nice to go out in the middle of the day and do the things that everyone has to do on the weekends. You go shopping. I go to Costco. I can go ride my... Yesterday morning, I was like, well, I don't have a podcast today, so I'm going to go ride my bike. So I, I went out to uh, South Mountain, Pima parking lot, and it was actually a lot more full than I was expecting it to be being in the middle of the week, but it was a lot less crowded. The weekends are absolutely insane out there. So it's nice to be able to utilize, you know, time shift basically. I think, I think that's brilliant. But the funny thing is, you know, the, the corporations don't really aren't, don't seem like they're putting a lot of thought into these new shifting four day work weeks because they're not being very successful. Some guys who are, you know, people who are, have been trying to do this regularly complain about the fact that they still have the same work, workload they have for a five day work week. And that's just, Going in, if you're going to shift to a four-day work week, you have to understand that you need to shift that to more people. I mean, you can't just assume that people are going to be able to put out exactly the same amount of work that they did in a five-day work week. I think that's just setting yourself up for um, for failure. And because it's modern day and you have emails that always come to you, a lot of these people who are doing four days still wind up doing five days because they're still, quote, on call and they're still replying to email and whatnot on, on the fifth day. So a lot of these people who are trying to do it these days just aren't doing it right. Right. That's what we were just saying. And I think I think the bigger, the more important thing for us, and I, you talked about a little of this just a minute ago when you were talking about being flexible with your employees, uh, is just being responsive to what your employees need. Maybe it's a day off in the middle of the week. Maybe it's a shorter hours. You know, maybe it's only six or seven hours a day. Maybe it's you know more time off. It's being flexible and responsive to the employee is, I think, a lot more important than trying to you know shoehorn someone else's idea of a four day work week or a five day work week into it. Uh, and it kind of gets it along this line. As I was doing this, you know, these stories have been come up. One thing has really bugged me about it, and they they have this new quote scientific term. Um, and it's called chronotypes and chronotype, your chronotype describes your sleep cycle. And it says there are some people who just work better in the morning and some people who work better at night. And so your employer should work around that schedule, which is great, but I don't think this is really based on genetics or hard science. The thing that bothers me about this, that people are just using the word chronotype. Now they're throwing out, throwing it around like it's settled science. And so far, all I've been able to find is one article published almost 20 years ago that uh, was based on 500 self-reported questionnaires. And I don't know how much about science you know, but self-reporting, it is technically scientific data, but anybody who knows anything about scientific data knows that self-reported data is really not that reliable. It's not the kind of thing you want to make a lot of very hard and fast um, judgments on or, or, or theories based on. And it's only five. It was only 500 people, but people are running around like, oh, it's settled science. There are these people. You, your, what is your chronotype? It's just, you know, pseudoscience. It's well, it all kind of sounds like make believe to me anyways, where you just kind of make up what's good for you. Like that, uh, there used to be this old, I think it's still around. I don't know. It's called chromo trigger where you play. What's your chronotype, Christopher? You know, you play these characters anyways, whatever you're 
you're the example of why I don't think this is real. I think you can shift to whatever you need to. I think most people can. I'm like bizarre, man. I like to get up early in the morning and do something fun or start my day. And then I love to stay out late at night and do the night thing with the nightlife or go out or, you know, whatever. I love the morning and the night. So who am I? Yeah. yeah. In my perfect world, I would do and do do all my meetings before 1130 and get all the business done, all the planning done for the day. And then after lunch, basically my day, it's almost like daydreaming. I mean, I sit down and I mean, honestly, I could be on a couch. Yeah. yeah. What's it like the guy from Mad Men uh, Draper? And yeah, so I just kind of sit there and I kind of be, it's on my creative time. So I do all... What are some possibilities? What are my options? Uh, what what can we do to make this a better organization or a better business plan or, you know, whatever. Just kind of really focus on creativity and, and new ideas. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying earlier, once I get home and eat, I get energy again. I'm ready to go again. I'm ready to rock and roll. Surprise, surprise. You need energy. Yeah, I mean, I'm like this after every meal. Yeah, I don't think that's that uncommon either. Uh, you know, food actually helps you survive and gives you energy and can kick you, kick you awake. I mean, this is why I'm slightly a chub. Uh, I just love to eat. And if I'm even feeling the littlest under the weather, I just chow, chow like crazy. And I feel great again. <laughs> hey, just really quick. I want to change gears. But before I do, James, can we get another cup of coffee? <laughs> okay. And while you're doing that, I'm going to talk about Go Rage's flooring. If you get a chance, go to our website and I'll show you the link. Um, but if you want to just write it down, it's it's GoRages.com. And they have this really fun flooring that they're making now. It is a camouflage flooring. And it comes in two different shades of camouflage. If you're into that thing, this floor is awesome. You can put it like in your... Uh, your cabin, or maybe you got a cool room at your house or even your garage that this might be appropriate. Fun stuff, camouflage flooring. Anyways, let's get back to uh, what we're talking about. So here we are. So there's this website or company out of UK called Statistica, and they have very reliable stats on just all kinds of crazy stuff. Anyways, so I was looking it up the other day about the four day work week. And what they reported via several studies was that there was a 20% gain in employee Mm -hmm. productivity and there was like a 27 reduction in work stress. And then the last part was 45% increase in work-life balance. That last part, I don't know, that seems a little bit subjective to me. You can't deny 20% gain in employee productivity. If you're paying a certain amount for an an employee to show up every day and all of a sudden yesterday they were making a hundred tiles a week. And then a a couple weeks later, when you gave them the new benefits, they were making 120 tiles a week. This is a huge increase and it's, it's measurable. So here's my question. If the stats say, and everybody actually makes the conversion, what do you think will happen to public life when you have an extra day with people not working? I mean, there's going to be positive and negatives, right? The positive is you have an extra day to get stuff done. The negative is so does everybody else. So now you have another day where there's just people everywhere you go, like on a weekend. Well, I, no, I don't think I don't think that would happen. I think what would happen is now you have three days off so people can go on Friday or Saturday to the grocery store. And the grocery store, you know, isn't going to be affected by this. There are a lot of places like restaurants and whatnot that are either open six or seven days a week. 
So that doesn't change. They just shift how many people they have, right? They may have the, the people who work there only be, may work, may be working four days a week. So they probably have to hire more people to cover the weekends, quote, the long weekend now. So this isn't really true anymore, but in Europe, like 15 years ago, if you were in anywhere in Europe, pretty much Sunday was closed. So unless you were involved in some kind of a food or food service business, like a restaurant or a grocery store, basically, you were closed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was really kind of neat. The streets were empty. Uh, the parks were filled with people. Right. Uh, what was really fantastic about it is that it forced you and to relax. Because there really was nothing important that you could do other than just spend time with friends and family. I mean, it's really nice. I know that's still the way in, in Germany, at least. <laughs> or forget everything we just said. And maybe we could just go back to the six day <laughs> week. I think if you tried doing that here, you'd be considered a bad guy. Sometimes it's fun to be the bad guy. We like bad guys, right? Do you like bad? I think bad guys are fun. Um, would you play a bad guy on film? Yeah, of course. Doesn't the bad guy get to have all the fun? Okay, I totally would too. So You've been to those renaissance fairs, right? Doesn't everybody yeah. want to play the devil? Okay, I don't want to be the devil, but I, I could be as, I could be I could be a thief, I think. I want to be a little bit lower. James, you don't want to be the little devil that goes around poking everybody with his three-prong fork. I, I don't want to be that obvious about it. I, I'm much more subtle. So you're telling me you want to be the subtle villain. Yeah, I want to go and steal your wallet. I don't know, man. It sounds a little weak. <laughs> anyway, this this came up because there's a great article that I loved in the BBC. It's called Kevin Lee, the Briton who plays the bad guy in China's patriotic movies. And, you know, we obviously here in the United States, I think since at least Star Wars, I love Star Wars. Think about Star Wars. Right. In Star Wars, you had a bunch of Nazis speaking like, yeah, Brits. like the Brits are all the bad guys. Right. And since then, bad guys in the United States always have British accents, even if they're dressed like Nazis. Why didn't they have German accent? Yeah, Whatever. I was trying to explain this to my brother-in-law who happens to be British. And it's like it's pretty obvious that whoever the bad guys are, they speak absolutely in the British accent. And he's like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That's been passed on to some other movies and other situations, with the exception of the airport with the British gal telling us where to park and where not okay. to park. Well, the French are the bad guys at the airport for me. I've never got along well with those French flight attendants. Whoa, whoa, take it easy, buddy. Next thing you're going to start calling them frogs. I was talking about when you're waiting in the parking lot and the what speaker kind of above your head. You have, but I, and I know what you're talking about. But anyway, talking back to Kevin Lee. So this is a big Brit guy. He's, you know, he's really cut. He looks like a Marine. <laughs> and so he plays all these roles in, in China as the bad guy, the white bad guy, you know, he's either American or British or whatever European they need to have as a bad guy this year. This, this. Okay. So he speaks Chinese. He's not Chinese. He's British. I just told you that. No, he speaks Chinese. Oh yes. He does speak Chinese. Uh, he went there uh, to learn karate and he came back and was a, trying to do a sales job and realized he wanted to be an actor and went back to China and was goofing around for a while. So him, for, what happened to him was he was on a lift, I'm sorry, an elevator with a big f- film producer. He's like, Hey man, in his broken Chinese, he's saying, Hey man, uh, do you have any gigs for me? I want to be an actor. And the guy said, well, you know, actually I am casting next week and I need some big American looking guy as a bad guy. And so two weeks later he had this first 
film role and he he snowballed that into a full career if you see this guy he's got like all the stereotypical like bad guy features like deep set eyes <laughs> he's got the square jaw but it's a little too square i wouldn't say initially bad guy you could totally cast this guy as a good guy in in the west like he's no, got a chiseled no. jaw. I mean, he's well. got like uh, the beady eyes. He's got the, like the little, the, the pudgy like boxer nose. I mean, am I wrong here? Excuse me, Christopher. Okay. That's called acting. Is it? Is it? So what are you thinking? We should uh, cast him in the next Rambo movie. I don't think we need a new Rambo. But anyway, uh, <laughs> one of the things that one of the series he's been really popular or popular series he's been in is Wolf Warrior. And I wanted to kind of watch it, but I can't because it's not on Netflix anymore because Netflix has no courage to, I guess, to show these things. It used to be on Netflix, but I don't know why it's on it anymore. Netflix is really, they're boring now. I think they canceled most of their good shows and I just don't well, like Well, just Netflix to kind of move over to that, don't you think Netflix too has kind of lost its edge? Absolutely. I don't, I, I sub stop subscribing to Netflix. No, I know you did. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, so back to, back to Kevin. So, you know, I'm one of the pro, I guess one of the problems you might say is that he is kind of working for the propaganda machine in China because China, it's not like China cinema is really as open as it is here in the West. And China says, Hey, you know what guys, you should make some patriotic movies. And guess what happens? A lot of patriotic, patriotic movies get made. Um, and they, they get, you know, it'd be funny if one of the movie guys in China actually <laughs> did make him a good I don't guy. Think, I don't think the censor would let it through. And that's the thing. The censors get the uh, final, final yay or nay on the film before it gets released. And this is one of the things he says. He says, you know, if they just relaxed a little bit, we can make a lot better films here. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, duh. If, if they, if China relaxed a little bit, on a lot of the nonsense they do, they'd have a much better country. <laughs> I, I, I will. So as, as, as much as I like the idea of this bad guy and have him, you know, have him having a successful career as a bad guy, I did take no exception. I did take exception with one of the things he said, and it was this, and this is his quote. It's the same in the West. If you look at Hollywood movies, how many Chinese or Asian actors do you see play the leading man? He said, the Chinese or Russians will always play the bad guy. And I'm like, that is complete and utter nonsense. And I'm just, I just had a couple of lists. Yeah, like, what is he talking hmm, about? There's a guy named Bruce Lee. Jackie Chan, uh, Harold, Harold and Kumar, Legend of the Ten Rings. And there are... N- and what about our comedian, Ken Jeong from uh, Hangover and the other n- stuff he's innumerable done? Innumerable m- movies and actors that you can cite that looks, hey, you know what? What Hollywood has certainly not, is not whitewashed anymore. They have leading roles for all kinds of people. And I say rightly so. As much as I'd love talking about Hollywood, and you know I do, uh, my coffee's gone Ooh. and your coffee's gone. I think it's time to go. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk next week. Yeah, it's good seeing you, even though you're in California. All right, bye, James. Have a good one. Dirty California. All right. Bye. Heat Stroke is brought to you by Markers in Motion. Audio engineer, Christopher Furman. If you'd like to contact Heat Stroke, go to heatstrokepodcast.com. Won't you come on out? The sun is out. The sun is out. So bright. Don't Won't you come on out? It's making Don't you see me? Peek-a-boo. Don't you feel me? It's morning dew. All I want yes. is a cup. Yes. A very large cup. Yes. In my hand. Yes. A large cup. Hot. Warm. Oh. Cup. It's not tea. And it must be dark, dark brown. Oh, it's made from pink. Make it hot, make it hot, make it very, very hot. Coffee. Coffee.